0: Welcome in hockey fans in the desert southwest around the United States, Canada, anywhere you may be listening to the Pandemic Playoff Podcast. I am live in Lake Elmo, Minnesota for one more evening. Um, my co-host tonight, Paul Hornstein out a beautiful Long Island, New York, and uh, Stephen Marsh joining me tonight from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, I think we have a temperature difference, guys, between where uh, Paul and I are and where Stephen is today, but... How is everybody? Uh, Paul, let's start with you.
1: Um, We're okay. Uh, It's a little bit of a much more relaxing day than yesterday was. (laughs) Yeah. At least until about midway through the second period.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I had my meltdown Friday night, as you well know. So uh, we'll leave that alone. do. Uh, uh, Stephen Marsh, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing okay. I think I've... I think I might have recovered from, from Friday night. I, I think so. I think my heart is still racing a little bit from that. Of course, they're playing right now and, and not looking so so strongly, but I guess that's to be expected when you play the games that they've played the last few days. Talk about the Golden Knights, but we'll get into it. And, course, and but yeah, by, the happy, way, yes. by the
1: way, Steve, this, this is more for Scott. But, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> if you're going to rant and be a lunatic, you have to wait until somebody scores. <laughs> Steven, I don't know if he was bugging you with any. No,
0: of this. no. Well, I we te-
2: well, we were texting back and forth, but he was at one point. He was it was it was said he had given up on him, and it was still zero zero. I'm there was like, no well, score left. On? There was nothing, this nothing, <laughs> and he's like, the game's
0: over. <laughs> yeah, guys, uh, guilty, guilty on all charges. I will take oh, that. My, um, Lord. my my frustration came from twofold. Number one is it comes from the sales end of things because I know how fickle sports can fans can be not just hockey fans and certainly not Vegas but um, you know you go out you, you try to sell a sponsorship or a partnership and if they win everybody wants to to get on board and if they lose it's like talk to me in a couple of weeks and it's like Jesus and then when you see something and there was so much deja vu with the way that uh, Ryan Reeves no, got their five minute major and you're going like oh my god here it goes again okay Paul
1: Okay, first of all <laughs> like I said if if somebody had scored, if 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 the, if, if Vancouver was winning, it scored first.
3: I, I, I get it, but they weren't even getting shots. Forget scores; they weren't even getting shots.
0: Well, the bottom line, the, when I was thinking of that whole thing was like, you cannot outplay somebody as badly as the Golden Knights outplayed Vancouver. Did you watch and, the Islanders and,
1: and Flyers on, uh, on Thursday yeah, night?
0: <laughs> true, I did. I did see that.
1: Okay.
0: But, my goodness sakes. I mean, to, and then you just get too cute. And that's what the whole deal was. They were trying to get too cute, trying to hit the corners, trying to do this, do that, and and – Guys, I'll tell you right up front. I have not ever seen a professional hockey uh, penalty kill where they line up everybody vertically uh, to start every <laughs> every penalty kill situation. They all lined up vertically, so you had like a layer of four or five, plus the offensive guys trying to get in front, and then they broke off of it to the side, depending on where the puck went. It was bizarre. It was working. And uh, they just couldn't see any clear shots anywhere they could. So, anyway, the Golden Knights did survive. They are playing around one of the Western Conference finals tonight. Um, Stephen's going to give us a breakdown a little bit about what he knows and what he's seen. And, Paul, your New York Islanders have Mm -hmm. advanced to the Eastern Conference finals to uh, do battle with Tampa Bay. Um, Could we have asked for any better guys? Stephen, how about you? No, you know, I –
2: and when going into going into the last round, uh, we all picked on the west side that it would be Colorado and Vegas, and you know that's always a dangerous thing when everybody all picks the same team. Because <laughs> usually the opposite happens, and it was looking like that might have been the case. At least in Dallas was the case because they, they were up three and one, and then they had to hang on and and, and run into some hot goaltending with Hutchinson for Colorado, and, and Colorado trying to make pushback, and and they survived with an overtime winner. And then Vegas, of course. Well, you know, I'll tell you, I know we're going to get more into Vegas, but, you know, it's been an interesting three years for Vegas because here, the first season, they have this wild inaugural ride all the way to the Stanley Cup final, and then they lose. Last year, the the, the, the meltdown of the 3-1 series with the Sharks and, and the way that went down. This year, they're up 3-1, and then they're forcing, you know, game seven again. You're thinking, oh, here we go again in similar ways. It's like... It's been quite an emotional three years for our Vegas fans, but, but no, nonetheless,
1: no, Steven, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. It, 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 this second round series was not the same as the San Jose Sharks series. It
2: just, it just wasn't. Well, it wasn't. It was It was. It wasn't the same in in, in some ways, but it, it was starting to see similar in some ways, just because it was a three one series lead and right. then, the, then the, the the other team comes back and push back and then you know again,
0: right
2: game seven went down a little bit differently than it did in last year but uh, but it was had similar aspects there was a big penalty there was a big penalty moment they had to have to do a big kill this time they were successful in that so that was good they avoided that. it just had the makings of of similar aspects to last season didn't quite turn out as it did last season but it's similar so it was starting to be similar uh, aspects it, it, it certainly put me in your mind thinking, Oh this is this isn't gonna happen again we aren't gonna be up three one in a series and 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 blow a, another three one series lead but but they did not so that was that was good
1: I mean first of all uh, Demko came in and you you at that point they had nothing to lose so I'm sure he was pretty relaxed in that game uh you know most goalies are a little off anyway so uh you know. It was a Hail Mary move, there is no doubt. Okay. But he got he 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 got some confidence early because he made some big saves early. And then by the time you got to the first period of game seven, there's there's no question that the guys on Vegas were squeezing their sticks a little bit and trying to be perfect. I'll agree with that. But at the same time. That game seven against – or that last game against San – it wasn't a game – I mean, it was a game seven, was it not? Uh, against San Jose?
0: Yeah, uh, it
1: was. The, the, yes, the it Sharks – the, the Sharks had many, many, many more offensive opportunities than Vancouver had uh, in, in that game seven the other day. I mean, you never really felt like Vancouver was – getting any good opportunities to score. When you had the odd the odd chance, that was a, a good chance, but they were very limited. It wasn't but, like...
0: Let me step into that one, Paul, real quick, because I agree with you 100%. They weren't getting chances. No, you don't, chances. because you were <laughs> driving yourself crazy. No, you no, no, weren't. No, no, you no, don't. No, no, hold on a minute. They, they weren't getting many good chances, but we all knew, or thought anyway, that they were just a power play or a five-minute major penalty from racking up about a dozen goals because when that team gets on the power play, they can score goals. So number one, it, the fear of getting them on the power play was going to hurt. And number two was uh, with um, when you're exerting that much energy, pumping shots and shots and shots, and you're not getting anything out of it, usually what it takes is a team like Vancouver to break one loose, Petterson get down the ice, and score one. And when it was a tight game, that's what I was thinking was going to happen. Then I thought they'd grip their t- sticks tighter. Then I thought they'd pull their goalie and do exactly what Vancouver did. Vancouver panicked when they got down one nothing with six minutes to go, pulled their goalie, and all of a sudden it's 3 nothing, and you're done. I mean – Well, I listen, I, I, I will I, give you the
1: fact that that's usually how the upsets happen. Okay? But – to, you know, it was the first period. There were no penalties yet. Nobody was ejected from the game. But um, you know, Vegas did a pretty good job of shutting people down uh, in in that last game against Vancouver. Themco uh, is making unbelievable saves. Okay, it's it, it's not like the the Golden Knights weren't getting good shots. It's not like tonight where they've had a couple of semi breakaways in that first period. And that's about it offensively for them. Uh, they've been a step slow in this first game, or at least in the first period. Um, uh, people are going to – they actually switched goalies, which I don't think anybody expected.
2: Yeah, we'll have to talk about that. That's a, that's a surprise. But, you know, I was thinking about that. It's I guess it's not surprising in the – I mean, surprising because you know, it's, it seems like it's been the battle back and forth. But when you look at how much Leonard has had to play – and the teams had to play in the last four days. Uh, you might as well give Flurry in there now and, and give Leonard a couple extra days to rest. So. I,
1: oh, listen, I, I I'm not saying it's controversial,
2: right? Uh, I I but but, but it's become listen, a big storyline. Yeah,
1: it's it's always the goalie is always going to be the storyline. Yeah, you know they're talking about that for tomorrow night too. You know, right. uh, do the, do the Islanders start Grice or Varlamov? Uh, as an Islander fan. Uh, you know, this is not uh, this is not three years ago, four years ago, five years ago. Uh, if Barry Trotz puts whoever he, he, he feels is the best chance for the team to win, I don't I don't care. Uh, I, I think uh, Trotz has earned that. So, uh, you, you know, I would say that's a similar goalie situation, not a a. A true number one, so to speak, even though Leonard has gotten most of the playing time, Farlamov has too. But you saw where Barry Trotz had no problem putting Thomas Grice in there in a game seven, and he hadn't played in five days or six days. He only had that relief appearance in that series. He played a game or two. I believe he played a game against Washington. Might have even played two against Washington. Uh,
0: Let me uh, let me go back to my original question, and then we'll move on and talk (laughs) about both series. But um, I asked Stephen. I said, "Do you think we got the same? Do we got the right four teams uh, in the in the final four, if you will, in the conference finals?" Paul, did we get the right four teams? Do you think um, this year?
1: Well, these are the teams that have really played.
0: No, yeah, I uh, know that. the most
1: consistent I, I, hockey. Yeah. Um, you know the the last round was such a weird round. You had three teams up three to one and have to go to game 7 and all three of those game 7s were completely different
0: oh, were they ever you know they, they,
1: they, <laughs> they, they, they you know Dallas won their game in overtime and that was uh, a back and forth series with Colorado uh, in terms of much more of a uh, high flying wide open offensive series uh, and then you had uh, the the Golden Knights in uh, Vancouver, where it was much more of a defensive series. Uh, you had much tighter games. Uh, and three, uh, shutouts, too. And th- three yeah. shutouts, too. Three, and three shutouts, too. And yeah. then
2: three shutouts for Leonard and the Golden Knights in that series. So,
1: You know, um, and then you had the Islanders series, where uh, twice the Islanders came back from, th- from three goal deficits in a third period or uh, to, to tie games and, and only to lose them in overtime. Yeah. Uh, game game <laughs> six, uh, the Islanders outshot the Flyers in regulation by like two and a half to one. They had like 50 shots to 20 in regulation in in in, in, in one of those overtime games on the last, I don't remember if it was the game five or game six, but uh, so even with that, Okay. That those those games were completely different. The, the the Flyers won all three of their games in overtime. In one game, they had a three nothing lead. I think that was game two. They had a three nothing lead. The Islanders tied the game in the third period and lose in overtime. Uh, game six, they lose the game in double overtime when the Islanders had some offensive zone time and Scott Mayfield breaks his stick trying to shoot the puck and Philadelphia ends up with an odd-man rush and ends up scoring to win the game. And then they come out in Game 7 and basically tell the Flyers, you're not even going to get shots, let alone goals. So three completely okay. different Game 7s.
0: So so I'm, if I'm reading the tea leaves right here, um, we got the best teams currently playing in the uh, in the final four, in both of you guys' estimations, is that correct?
1: Well, I, uh, three of them anyway.
0: <laughs>
1: I, I leave the uh, Islanders out of everything. Yeah, you know, I know the, you do. I anyway. know you do.
0: Okay, you so know, hopefully well, I'm done picking
1: for the rest of the, for the rest
0: <laughs> of the playoffs. Let's take a quick break. Uh, hear from a couple of our partners, and we're going to come back and we'll break down the. Uh, the game that has uh, just started the second period, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars. We'll be back in two minutes.
3: Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at
4: icetimehockeysw.com. smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the
3: best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pre-game feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes.
4: Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. You find your prime with M Drive.
0: Alright, welcome back in hockey fans. Uh, this is a pandemic playoff podcast episode number four. Scott Strandy joining you not from my usual spot in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, but from beautiful Lake Elmo minnesota today where it was a beautiful 82 degrees and it's about to change <laughs> i was gonna say be glad you're
2: not in arizona because it sure was hot there just like it was here in las vegas today 113 and believe it or not in california even hot there i believe a place called woodland hills hit 121 degrees so oh, that's that's <laughs> crazy paul
0: paul's waiting for it uh, in long island new york and steven is suffering <laughs> through it as we speak um Okay, guys, so... Uh, yeah, make sure we, we have to...
1: these conversations in December and January. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Jeez, you guys...
2: Exactly. Oh, my Lord. No, I know people probably are tired of us whining about the weather. Oh, we I know I am. We... I don't know about we... anybody else. <laughs> we choose
0: where we want to live, right? So we got to... <sighs> All right. And normally we would have Zach Bondurant with us today, but uh, Zach, uh, on the long weekend, is uh, in California right now. We're uh, he had a little family issue to take care of, uh, a little accident that his father was in. So we're wishing him the best of best wishes and speedy recovery to his dad. And Zach will be with us tomorrow night for Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Of course, Paul will be with me on Tuesday night for College Hockey Southwest Weekly, and Stephen back on Wednesday night for uh, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Easy for me to say. Um, okay, so we know the teams that are in it. We're watching the game right now, or I presumably. Uh, know what the score is at least. Uh, I have my screen on. I know Stephen has is on. Paul is probably refusing to watch. <laughs> uh,
1: not refusing. Uh, I watched the first uh, period.
0: Okay. <laughs> but anyway, it's one nothing Dallas. Dallas and right. Vegas in the Western Conference Final. Um, Stephen, I'm going to let you jump off on this one because you're in Vegas. Uh, you've seen the practices like I have. Um, just your thoughts on the Vegas Golden Knights as they stand right now, one nothing in the uh, start of the second period. Well, I think what I think what we saw at the beginning of this game was certainly
2: uh, one of the elements from the last series that you know they were a little bit slower to start this game, uh, a little bit slower than they had been. Obviously, you've had to play back to back nights, the uh, game six and seven, which is pretty unusual in the playoffs, let alone. You know but nothing has been usual about this year obviously and uh, you know we see flurry in that tonight and you know that's been the storyline of course as, as we talked about a little bit earlier and you know getting flurry in there and he's hasn't been t- bad you know he's only given up the one, the one goal in the very first shot that Dallas had you know Dallas had a little bit more of rest because they didn't have to play back to back so they're they've been able to have one day in between their game six and seven and and so it's uh, it's been quite interesting but it's been a you know it's been an interesting series. I mean, you look at the last series with with Vancouver and we talked about it earlier, but, you know, I just think about the last three games, you know, the the Vancouver having to go with Demko. I mean, because uh, they couldn't, uh, Markstrom couldn't, was unfit to play. So here they have to put uh, Demko in and they're wondering, well, what's he going to bring? Well, they bring a lot of life for the Canucks and really frustrated Vegas, you know, except for Theodore, who was able to score on him twice and thankfully in game seven, that was all they needed. So you know, but they dominated the the Canucks, you know throughout the series really, and even though they even though they went to a seventh game. So uh, this one's gonna be a little bit of a tougher series. And I think also what we're seeing is not not having Reeves in the lineup tonight. you know, Ryan Reeves suspended for the first game of this series because of a hit he did on uh, um, on the Vancouver player. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but uh, in, in game seven and he had, was taken out of the game. we talked about that that resulted in a five minute. Uh, uh, power play for Vancouver, which the Canucks only were able to get one shot on, which is amazing to me. But again, we talked about how stifling that defense was for Vegas. But Reeves not in this lineup, and so they, you know, Pete DeBoer has been starting that line with Reeves uh, for the, you know, and he's not able to do that tonight. So I think we saw a miss of that uh, in the beginning of this game. But it looks like, you know, by watching the second period kind of start, it looks like Vegas is starting to kind of get into their game a little bit, a little bit more. They're getting their legs in them right now. And so I think that, that's good. I do want to add one thing. I, I think if we didn't know it before, I think we all know it now, though this last thing on the, the goaltender for Vancouver, that Demko is from San Diego. I think that was mentioned about 100 times over those three <laughs> days. So
0: I think we all know it now. <laughs> it's from San Diego. Anyways, but yeah. It's been, yeah. Okay, Paul, your thoughts on, uh, on the Western Conference uh, matchup with uh, Vegas and Dallas right now?
1: Well, I, I think that this is – a completely different series uh, against Dallas than uh, Vegas had against Vancouver. Uh, Dallas is a much more grizzled veteran-type team, Uh, more uh, playoff-savvy, shall we say, uh, than Vancouver was. Uh, Right now, they are taking advantage of uh, Dallas. uh, This is a Golden Knights, what? The third game in four nights. Um, yeah, they hadn't have to travel, but uh, that's tough on any team, even a fully healthy team uh, and a fully rostered team. Uh, the The goal that Dallas did get uh, came off the rebound of a blocked shot. I think Zach White Cloud blocked a shot, and the puck came right back to Klingberg, and and he did. Fleury just didn't have time to set up. Uh, after the block shot, so uh, it's not like Dallas is is got the speed that Vancouver had. Um, they have a much more, uh, they have a little bit deeper team on the back end than Vancouver had, uh, and and certainly uh, with guys like Sagan and Ben and Pavelski, uh, a much more playoff ready or a much more playoff uh, experienced team. So I I think we're going to see that the Vegas depth gets tested in this series uh, by a a grizzled Dallas team. Um, I I, I think that the goaltending situation for Vegas is only a big giant story because it's always a story. Uh, are they two different type goalies? Yes, uh, but it's not like uh, let's 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 remember, Flurry's the guy that's won cups. Not that Leonard's played on the same kind of teams that Flurry has had, but he's still won cups. Yep,
2: uh, so totally
1: agree with you. So it's not like we're sitting here and like, oh my god, I can't believe they put marc Andre Fleury
0: in there. No, it, no I, and. Paul, what I what I've saw and Stephen, what I've seen uh, from the previous series of Vancouver and what I'm seeing tonight is, I thought Vancouver took themselves out of the out of the games six and seven because um, while they won six and lost seven, they played a different style. Uh, They got here, and I mean here to the quarterfinal or to the conference semifinals by by using their speed, their skill, breaking out, going, putting pucks in the net scoring people, they weren't known to be a big defensive effort team. They were known to be an offensive team. And all of a sudden they went into a shell. Uh, the, the game six should have probably been won by Vegas and wasn't. In game seven, eventually Vegas wore them down. And then, like I said, definitely when they were down uh, a goal with six minutes to go, they, they panicked. I mean, they pulled their goalie way too early in my estimation uh, I, in just a one-goal deficit and um, played themselves out of it. Now, quickly to this game that we're watching right now is, I think if you'd asked the Golden Knights and anybody on that roster, maybe anybody in the fan base, if they would have preferred to have Dallas to play in the uh, conference final or um, Colorado, I think that they would have all told you to a person, it, Dallas, because nobody wanted to face that juggernaut speed and talent, um, just not depth in Colorado. Um, so I'm sure that they're happy about it, but I wonder if the guys just aren't – I mean, clearly they weren't sharp in the first period, and I just wonder if they um, took a deep breath after Vancouver and said, okay, we got Dallas. Ah, We can play differently. And all of a sudden they're behind one. Well, I –
2: yeah. Well, I like – I I, want to talk about two things too. One thing, I like what DeBoer said after the Game 7 because, you know, the press, obviously they ask questions, and I guess we're part of the media too, but they always ask – you know they already want to look ahead, and, and DeBoer had a great answer. He says, "Well, I want to. I need to have a couple of drinks before I even think about Dallas." <laughs> so I'm sure they had. A, I'm sure they had some drinks and stuff, and we unwinded from that. But I want to talk about a couple of big moments in Game Seven. There was the save, which is going to go live down in in uh, probably Golden Knights infamy by Robin Leonard. I mean, it was at one point in the in the third period where Leonard makes an absolutely wonderful save that he didn't have no. Chance of that he had no business making, and if that would have went in for Vancouver, there you got Vancouver scores. They break through, and and that might have been enough because of the way Demko was, was playing, and, and the Golden Knights were were to probably felt even more pressure to try to try to get that goal. But because it was still scoreless, they were able just to, to to continue the game plan. And the other moment too that was a big moment was when the Golden Knights get a power play about six minutes into the game uh, left in the third period, and and Pete DeBoer calls a timeout. And, and that's it's kind of early to, to call a timeout, but it was obviously well thought out because they were able to draw up a play and they were able to to get the, to get have the face off, get the puck, and then they were able to draw up what they wanted to do. Theodore able to get the puck and puts it in kind of into the back at the top of the net and, and was finally able to beat Demko. And as soon as that happened, I think you're right, Scott, I think the Canucks were just deflated, and they, they did. I think they sort of panicked because they're like, well, you know, here we are. We were getting outplayed. Our goalie was keeping us in this. Now we've given up this goal. You know, I don't. Th- I, 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 it just seemed like they were deflated. And and you're right. They pulled the goalie. I think way too soon. Uh, they kind of gave up. And you know, and they tried. And then and then that was it. So um, those were a couple of moments too that I look at from Game Seven that were really really key moments. And it just shows you how great of a coach De is. is. Um, there's no and it's and how great this this team is. I mean, they don't they don't quit and they don't they don't panic even though it may seem like they were never going to score on Demko, they just kept at it, and Theodore was able to do that, and it was it was perfect. And, and in this game, you know, they're a little bit slow, but, you know, it's just the first game, so I, I'm not taking much into it. You want to win a first game of a series, but I remember in the, the first season, uh, the Golden Knights lost, I think, the first game to the, to the Winnipeg Jets, and they ended up winning the series in
0: five. So, you know, still a lot to be decided still. Paul, your end of it. Wrap up the Western Conference for us, and we'll jump over to your side of things in the East.
1: I own. I own half this thing. This is great. That's awesome. I'm not making <laughs> too much money out of this, though. On my side. Um, yeah, I think uh, Vegas has got to snap out of it. Uh, they definitely have been a step slow uh, in, in 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 this first period. Plus, they just got their first shot of the second period. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of hitting going on. There's no doubt about that. Uh, a lot of, and probably more turnovers than either
2: coach would like. Oh, that was a chance right there.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, some 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 good uh, penalty killing so far in the, in, in this first period, and plus, but uh, you know. It's, it's just a matter of – you know that Vegas will get their legs eventually. Uh, it's, just, uh, it's just a matter of when. And, uh, I mean, Dallas did play the Game 7 on the same day, even if it was a few hours earlier.
2: Uh, yeah, but they didn't have it back-to-back like the Golden Knights did. They right. Well, that's
1: – like I said, this is three games and four nights, and I don't yeah. care uh, whether there's travel or not. Three games and four nights – Someone's going to be affected by that. Um, you know, if they're still a step slow on 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 Tuesday night or Game Two, or you know, let's just, let's just say, you know, forget, forget about who wins or loses this game because it's only one nothing. Uh, if they're still a step slow on Tuesday, that would be much more concerning to anybody. Uh, in in a golden Knights Jersey. But right now I I think they're, they're okay. Like I said, they're being physical. Uh, They don't have their most physical player in the lineup right now. Uh, They're missing some chances. They had a couple of semi breakaways, like I said, in the first period and, 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 and weren't able to create any rebound chances or second shot chances in that first period with this, with the half dozen shots that they got. With the eight shots that they got, so that's that's why it didn't seem like as many shots as they even got. But uh, like I said, if you do if you're in by the by the game two, if they're if they're still a step slow, that's what I would worry about. I wouldn't really worry about it too much tonight.
0: Okay, let me give you my final word. Then we're going to jump to the Eastern Conference. Um, what I've seen from teams that have won and teams that have lost is uh, the teams that have won have, for the most part, stuck within their game plan. Um, The teams that have lost have uh, gone away from their game plan for one way or the other. Vancouver did it. I thought Colorado did a little bit, mostly driven by injuries, but uh, the Golden Knights tonight, uh, one of the things that they pride themselves on is their breakouts uh, and their support up the middle. They have experience, they have talent, And tonight, they have not been able to muster that breakout plan. It's been stretch passes. It's been bounces off the board. We just saw another one. It's not this uh, 15-footer that goes to the middle and then back to the boards and back to the middle, and they're gone. So uh, whether that's fatigue, whether that's uh, something Dallas is doing differently, not sure. We won't know until probably after the game. But uh, it's a game of adjustments, certainly in a seven-game series, and I think that's what – Vegas is going to have to do if they're going to uh, be able to get through Dallas. And you know, the picks came out today, guys. We all picked them except for Seth. He uh, he thinks he knows <laughs> something different, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, you're right, Paul. Well, we know how much we know how much that Seth. We know how much Seth loves Vegas. So, <laughs> yeah. well, we know we know also that uh, without Ryan Reeves in there, he he's he's a catalyst on the bench on the ice. As you mentioned, Steven, he starts the games now and has been starting the games, setting the tempo. That's what they like to do with him, so it'll be important to get him back, and it'll be even more important to keep him in the lineup the rest of the way out. Okay. Now, over to the east side, and Paul, I said this is your side because I know you watch a lot more of the Eastern Conference games than unfortunately I'm able to, Um, but the Islanders, you know what? Uh, Here's how I'm going to start it, Paul. I'm going to tell you that Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota. Anders Lee, uh, Brock Nelson. Yeah. Do we have another Minnesotan there that's any good? Or is that just us uh, two? Probably. I'd have to. I, <laughs> I tend te- to ignore the from Minnesota. But, yeah. <laughs> I'm teasing. But tell us a little bit about how the Islanders beat the Flyers and then how Tampa Bay disposed of Boston. Tampa Bay being the only team that, that got out of it without having to go seven games?
1: Well, Tampa Bay basically shut Boston down. You know, if you were watching those games, uh, Boston could not really create a lot of offensive opportunities. They were really playing with, as a one line team with that one line with uh, Pasternak and, and Marshawn, and, and I'm trying to remember who the third guy is in that line because I think they switched it up a couple of times. But uh, if they weren't getting scoring from that line, they weren't getting anything. So, that in combination with Tampa Bay being uh, a, a deeper team than Boston and having the advantage in goal, and it's not that you're a Halak play bad, but you know, he's not – you know, he he's not their number one goalie. And when Tuukka Rask left, this, the, you know, the, it was what it was. I don't think Halak played badly. I just uh, – except for maybe game three where they gave up seven goals. But, uh, you know, for the most part, Boston couldn't score. And I think if you ask any Bruins fan, they'll tell you the same thing. Uh, they had some chances – to win that game, uh, game five, on Monday, they went double overtime. But they were not a big threat to score in a lot of those games. And Tampa Bay just basically choked them off. You know, and, and Tampa Bay has got some big-time players, some guys that have, that have been deep in playoffs before. Uh, they have uh, a top-notch goalie in, in Vasilevsky, and they have the best defenseman in the league, probably. Uh, you could in Victor Hedman. People can talk about the young guns on a lot of these teams that are left uh, or that have been in the NHL uh, as far as young defensemen coming in, but they're not Victor Hedman.
0: Okay, yeah, great he, and He's played been, through some injuries. And, and, and Victor's played through some injuries and played a ton of hits. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. man, oh, man, he's savvy. That's what he is. He's just flat-out savvy. He knows exactly what to crazy use his energy because, and his effort and not do.
1: It's crazy because he got hurt, I think it was in Game 4 or Game 3. Then he played that next game for about half the game. He looked a step slower than he normally is. But you know how it is, Scott, when guys get hurt, it takes them some time uh, when you know when they're playing their next game to kind of get through that. Am I going to be okay? Uh, psychosis. And once he realized he was okay, he was a monster again. And you know they're getting goals and points from a lot of different players. They have guys that have had deep playoff runs before. Uh, guys like Tyler Johnson. And Alex Kalorn, Andre pilata has been a monster too. He certainly was against Boston. Um, and there was some question about Nikita Kucherov coming back for this conference finals. Uh, and he's going to be back. Uh, the only bad news for uh, Tampa Bay in terms of health is Steven Stamkos, who basically was ruled out of the series today, uh, by uh, John Cooper, their head coach. And, you know, so you have a lot of guys on this team that have come through in big-time spots before, uh, including guys like Pat Maroon, who won the Stanley Cup last year with St. Louis, uh, including getting a big uh, Game 7 goal in one of those series last year. Uh, So this is going to be a tough, tough, tough series. Uh, You know, Tampa Bay is is rightfully considered the favorite. Uh, does that mean that they're going to waltz to the finals? I don't think so. I, I could be wrong. I mean, the Islanders played like they played last night. They can beat anybody.
0: Well, let me tell you, my thought on the Islanders, too, is I, I jest with you a little bit when I say the Minnesota kids and Anders Lee and Brock Nelson and the performances that they've had. But – Barry Trotz, and Stephen, you know this as well as I do, Barry Trotz can put together a game plan, and it's not only about putting together the game plan. It is about getting your guys to buy in and execute that game plan. And, Paul, you've seen it all uh, year long with what he's done with uh, with the Islanders team, gotten guys to buy in and do their roles and everything like that. But Stephen and I also saw it firsthand against uh, – the Golden Knights uh, two years ago when he was with Washington and uh, just put a game plan together that stifled the Golden Knights, which, you know, were at least even with the Capitals and had an equal chance of winning that that series, I thought. But, um, Stephen, quickly on that, what's your thought on, on Barry Trotz and how important he is to that Islander team? Yeah, I know. I'm thinking – you know,
2: what I'm thinking is – Imagine, imagine the scenario of Vegas and the Islanders in the final, and here we are again—the Golden Knights facing a Barry Trotz-coached team. And let's say that the Golden Knights lose again in the final, two times to a team led by Barry Trotz. I mean, okay, i mean a- <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure you're in. <laughs> but I mean. You know, we, we DeBoer was not very well liked in 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 Vegas because of his history with the Sharks, but now he's the coach of the Golden Knights, and, and there may be some people that still don't like him because of you know it's, it's the flurry thing, but see, they're winning, and so I think he's becoming liked. Well, you know, Barry Trotz isn't going to be well liked in Vegas until maybe he ends up in our organization, until the Golden Knights organization, and
0: then maybe they'll, they'll like him. But
2: <laughs> or or maybe Barry Trots, Barry Trotz will win the Stanley Cup with the Islanders and then he won't get his contract renewed and he'll leave and go to some other team and coach them <laughs> to the Stanley Cup final. I think Detroit could use a, a new head coach or some of these other teams that if they need to win a Stanley Cup, go out and get Barry Johnson, apparently. He, he brings your team to the Stanley Cup, except he, couldn't, except he couldn't get it done in Nashville all the time he was in Nashville. But now he's now he's having uh, fruits of his labor, I guess. But, yeah, he, just he's by the way, kid. just so you know
1: that, Trotz has two more years on his deal after this, okay. so, oh, okay. so he's not going anywhere.
2: <laughs> so the so the Islanders will win in two years, and then he'll leave.
1: <laughs> I'll take that too. Uh,
2: sure. it, whatever it takes, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Um, uh, by the uh, way, okay. Scott, if you're Looking annoyingly for a third Minnesota player on the Islanders. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: Nick Letty so, is from Eden Prairie. Yes.
0: That's who I that's who I was thinking about with Nick Letty. I was that's who I yeah. I, I've had a rough week remembering names <laughs> as you and know and time I, zones because yeah, you freaking text miss, Zach at six o'clock in the morning, you whack job. Uh, I, I missed <laughs> I think I, I, I got a text at six in the morning
2: too, but I didn't oh, yeah. say it's all but it didn't bother me. I don't have my. I I didn't see it until I got up. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. I knew oh, you wouldn't see it until you got up, so I wasn't worried about that. Uh, so so right now we're gonna see Islanders tomorrow. And guys, I, I know that we all love seeing three or four games a day, but you know what I like almost better than that? I, I like four quality teams, and I like seeing the game at the same time every night, every night. So it's like. The Golden Knights one night, it's the Islanders the next night, it's Dallas the next night, it's Tampa Bay the next night. And, you know, now we can get settled in, right? We can get settled in and see who's going to be the best team in hockey. And the final question I want to ask before we take another quick break is,
1: I don't know because I was pretty darn settled in with games starting at noon, so I don't know. <laughs> I, know about you
4: that. Well, I know you yeah. were. Well, yeah, but you know now it's now it's
2: every other night, and 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 it's in the same place because now at the the other series in the in the East is now in Edmonton, so Edmonton's the place now for the rest of the playoffs, and you know it's I think it's it's great because we're getting close, we're we're halfway there. And we are down to four, and soon two, and then we'll have a Stanley Cup champion. And we just think – and you think about everything that we've gone through in this year, starting in March, when everything, you know, turned upside down, and now we're here, and the NHL is down to, to four teams, and we're and we're about, what, a month away from crowning a Stanley Cup champion. It's pretty remarkable if you think about it. No, no positive tests in the bubble. I mean, it's really something that just really gives you hope that – you know things are starting to turn turn around, and, and now we're starting to see other other things happen in other sports, and and maybe maybe we can we can start to kind of get get over this. Uh, I mean, we're not out of the woods with the virus, but at least we're seeing we can start to celebrate uh, championships of uh, of some of our favorite sports soon. All
0: right. What was the okay, question, so, so Scott? All... <laughs> yeah, here's, a... <laughs> sorry, here's sorry, the question. Sorry, I had to get that. <laughs> well, you kind of led me into what I was going to say. I was going to ask: Is are any of you guys seeing? Um, bubble fatigue, if you will. And is it going to be an advantage to the West or the East for them to all be playing in the West? The West doesn't have to go anywhere, but is a change of scenery for the Eastern teams coming out to Edmonton going to give them a new jump in their step or, um, you know, just what's your thoughts, Paul? Uh, I think
1: that that would be an advantage to the East during conference teams if they were playing teams from the West right away, I don't think it'll be as much in the finals, whoever gets there for the Eastern conference team versus the Western conference team. But I think if it was say, you know, the two Eastern conference teams were playing any of the Western, I think then it would make a little bit of a difference right now. Uh, I don't think it does because both teams are coming from the East and, and playing each other. And whoever wins this this round, you, you, you're four wins away from a Stanley Cup. And I don't, I can't even imagine at that point that there would be any bubble fatigue for any of these players.
0: All right, good point. Let's take a, uh, another quick break here in just a second. and let's, uh, Steven, did you have a follow-up on that before I jump into break? Or?
2: No, I, I think that's – I agree with, a lot, uh, most agree with what Paul was saying. I'll just add that um, they're still working out, trying to get some of their families to join them. I think they got approval. If they're Canadian uh, citizens or they live in Canada, they, they, can, they might be able to get into the bubble. I think they're still working out logistics for their family members of the players that live in the States. So that if that happens, that'll give them some sort of extra um, motivation. Because now, or maybe a distraction. I don't know because they're gonna have them in the bubble, and then uh, and and they're getting, they're keeping themselves entertained. I saw a video of the Golden Knights were were at some arcade the other day, unwinding and and stuff. And then these teams are doing stuff in between days. And um, I think it's as we've said before. I think it's such a rare opportunity to be with the guys this long a period of time. You really wouldn't get this um, in any other instance. And so. I, I think they're enjoying it. And, and the fact that maybe now they might have some of their, their family members joining them if, if, if they can get all that worked out, I, I think it's just going to make it even more uh, – it'll, it'll re- renew them and refresh them, I think. So I, I don't see fatigue really kicking in too much uh, based on those things as well.
0: Okay. Let's take another quick break. Let's come back and let's wrap up another pandemic playoff podcast in about two minutes.
4: Looking – Head out to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix, and stop in at Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant. Come in and check out our great deals on the remaining 2020 Fords, as well as the new 2021 models just arriving, like the new E450 pickup truck during our summer outdoor and SUV sale. Voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona by Ranking Arizona, We will do what it takes to make your car buying experience safe and convenient. Shop online at bellford.com. We'll bring everything to you on your schedule. Schedule a test drive. Need a repair? We'll come pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you. Our sales and service professionals are ready to help in any way to make sure you are happy and satisfied. Go online to belford.com or call us at 602-866-1776 and let us show you why we've been the dealership that keeps Shane Doan coming back year after year.
3: At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the Spirit Ease. And if you want to make the best margaritas or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila,
0: All right, we're back. Another uh, episode, episode number four of nine of the Pandemic Playoff Podcast, talking to NHL hockey, Scott Strandy in Lake Elmo, Minnesota tonight. Paul Hornstein on Long Island, New York, and Stephen Marsh joining us from Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, guys, as I watched the, uh, nearly the end of the second period here in this game, um, a couple things just popped in that I want to throw out there. Uh, it looks like... If you're a Vegas fan, you need 71, 81, and 19 to get it together. Um, uh, We haven't heard from William Carlson pretty much uh, for the last week and a half. We haven't heard much from Jonathan Marchesault for the last week and a half. And Riley Smith, the catalyst, uh, just drew a penalty, uh, and we need it from him too. Stephen, would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think on on one of the defense
2: pairs too, I think uh, Schmidt and uh, McNabb uh, haven't been quite as – as effective as they, they normally can be too. So, um, those are those are a couple of, on the defensive side that they need to step up. But yeah, it's uh, Carlson and them and, and uh, Marshall and them. They need to to step up a little bit. But uh,
0: we'll see what happens. You know, and I'll also say uh, one of the guys that has stood up and, and been there well ever since he became a golden knight is Shea Theodore. I, I comment all the time about what a great interview he is in the locker room, but and a great person he is off the ice. And I've had a chance to meet his parents, and and I mean they're just down to earth people all the way around. But man, oh man, is he starting to to light it up as a uh, dynamic young defenseman. Well, yeah, they're well, talk,
2: and they're talking about him in a couple of years getting a being in the contention for the Norris Trophy, which certainly would be uh, would be well, well well earned and well deserved for him. I mean, he's that he's that good. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's amazing how the, he ended up on the Golden Knights. Obviously, part of the expansion that the Ducks traded traded him to the Golden Knights, so they Golden Knights wouldn't you know take another player. I think they ended up taking Clayton Stoner at the time in the expansion draft. So I mean, and, and then look at Shea Theodore. He's really had a great. Uh, Great, uh, especially this last season. And, of course, with the cancel battle last year and everything and the testicular cancel, cancer and, get, and coming over that, and, and now just having a great, great playoffs for the uh, Golden Knights. It's really great to see that for, for Shea Theodore. So I'm happy that he's having the success he is.
0: Okay, so, right. Paul, what, is the, what do the Islanders need to do to, uh, to knock off Tampa Bay and we can see what we all want to see, which is a Vegas-New York Islander-Stanley Cup final?
1: Well, uh, first of all, they have to continue to get scoring from, from everybody in the lineup. Uh, that is something that they have uh, gotten throughout uh, this, this series. Uh, ju- if you look at their postseason stats, they have four guys in double figures, but uh, you've got one, two, three, four, four more guys that have eight points and nine points after those guys that have double figures, and Jordan Everly had about a billion chances in that series against the Flyers, and just couldn't score. And he still was one of the guys in double digits. Uh, you know, if you look at their their scoring uh, for the playoffs so far, and you know they include those first round series that the Golden Knights didn't play, uh, the qualifying round, so to speak. Uh, you have their four top scorers are their second-line players, and even though the Barzal-Everly-Lee line has gotten a ton of chances. Uh, they've gotten big-time scoring from their second line of Bailey-Nelson and Beauvillier, yeah. and their third-line guys are after their, are, are right there in terms of those guys that just missed double digits in Pajot and Broussard. and then after those guys are defensemen. So and those other two guys that are almost that have eight points are defensemen. So if they continue to get balance like that and and that is the thing that they're gonna need to be a threat against Tampa Bay, that that's how they're gonna win. Is, is by staying balanced and playing the kind of defense that they played in that last game against Philadelphia, where most of the flyer shots uh, they had, I think the Islanders probably had more blocks than the actual shots on goal for the Flyers, who only had sixteen shots in that game seven last night. So, I mean, that's how they have to play. Uh, do you, do I expect perfect games like that all the time? No. Um, do they have to play like that a majority of the time to beat Tampa Bay? Probably.
0: Yeah, all all good and valid points. Uh, it's going to be exciting. And like I said, one of the nice things about it is the fact that it will all be um, one game, day off, one game, day off, all the way through now. And the fact that uh, they're playing all at one site. Is, I, I want to ask you guys this from the media standpoint. Your thoughts on just how – Good a job NBC has done because I thought they've done a fantastic job of uh, bringing the games to us. Um, you know, overtime games they've, they've adjusted pretty well. Um, yeah, I, I thought NBC's done pretty well. Paul, your thoughts on that to start things off?
1: Uh, well, I am a big fan. I'm not gonna. I I, I love a lot of the play by play guys that they use. Uh, I can do without some of their analysts.
2: Well, one of them, one of them. Yeah. Thankfully, he's not doing the playoffs anymore this year, so that was good.
1: <laughs> well, I'm not even talking about him.
0: Um,
2: and the other one could be could be with the Coyotes in the near future. Here,
0: <laughs> that would be oh, Stephen. Don't go there. Don't make me go there. Okay. <laughs> thought, go ahead. We, Paul. we
2: gotta we gotta address it.
0: <laughs> well, they yeah, but they're also
1: talking about Sean Burke, who I think would be a good hire for them, but. Yeah, he no. would be a great hire. Okay, Paul. No, I'm sorry. I didn't play. mean to cut yeah, you, you Finish
2: your point, point, Paul. I'm sorry. Yeah, NBC's
1: yeah. doing a good job. Um, like one of the guys doing tonight's game. Oh, the the only thing I like about what he does and what he says is that his his shtick is to give the college players uh, shout outs for the schools they went to. The junior players, uh, the Canadian junior players, get their shout outs for those teams. But other than that, he's just captain obvious and just. Uh...
2: That's why he'd be great for the Coyotes.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Lord. Oh,
2: sorry, oh, I, should, I should. Sorry, sorry. But he
1: did that, when he did that last blues series, I don't even want to get into what was going through my head when he was really? talking about Ryan O'Reilly. Oh, my Lord. Oh, man, no. Oh, I hear you. Nauseating. I, and it's not like against it. O'Reilly. Great
0: player. Right. <laughs> but, oh. I'm done I now. know it just it just gets nauseating after a period. So my my question uh to you guys to kind of wrap things up on that note is um we have to talk about the coyotes. You know me. Uh, I don't want to put anything out there in public if it's not positive, but occasionally you gotta wonder what's going on here, right? Because uh I'm, fortunate or unfortunately, I'm privy to some pretty good sources that have given me clues on what's going on with coyotes. Uh, the situation. And, uh, I've known some of the stuff that broke this week for about three weeks now. Um, and was a little bit, well, no, I wasn't hesitant. I just wasn't going to bring it out because I didn't think it was something, you know, <laughs> if we can't say something positive, then don't say anything. But, um, the problem that I'm seeing with the, uh, with this publicly anyway, is that, you know, you're dealing with corporate partners, you're dealing with, fan bases. Um, Vegas and, and Bill Foley has done a fantastic job growing his fan base and his corporate partnership. Even in the middle of the pandemic, we see the, the Golden Knights signing new corporate members for not only them, but their AHL team. Uh, the building's coming up. It's going to open soon. They're going to have a practice facility. Everything, all their ducks are always in a row, it seems like. And if there is a bump in the road somewhere, like uh, a bump in the road for the Golden Knights was – Gerard Gallant getting released when a lot of people thought, why? Why should they do that? I mean, he just came off of some great first two years, and all of a sudden he's gone. Well, yeah
2: we, we had the goalie coach thing for a short uh, as well, the goalie thing. With the, but that yeah, thing. And
0: that, but that was more paperwork than it was yeah. anything. I mean, it yeah. wasn't really a big thing. Um, but the problem that I'm seeing with the Arizona Coyotes, and I really hope they get this fixed quick, is uh, right, wrong, or indifferent, you're, you're – image that you put out there especially when you're a team that has an arena in a wrong part of wrong part of town and you need fan bases is you're going to try to create as much positive as you can and continuing to start over does not create positivity on story you just you just can't do that publicly if you want to do it behind closed doors and keep things you know hush hush or whatever go ahead and do that but man oh man the local media in Arizona is feasting like they always do. Paul, you know this. They feast on the coyotes every chance they get. Yeah, and they're but, doing that, it again but now. that's
1: – yeah, well, I, I will say this. And and and, and you want to sit here and say, wow, you haven't lived in Arizona for 30. That doesn't mean I don't follow what the heck is going on. Okay? And it's not like uh, – I don't know or follow the various media situations there. Um, I still have lots of people that I know there. And and the the media mindset is, this is easy pickings. Okay? So everything they do, the first thing they look to do is criticize and be negative. I'm not saying that some of the things that have happened don't deserve criticism. But... It's an immediate knee-jerk reaction. Uh, as an Islanders fan, I've seen that just as long, if not longer, happen here. Uh, the, 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 the Islanders let, situation has been. Let,
0: let easy me jump in things. right there, though, because you, you brought something. New York media ahead. is
2: rough. The New York uh, media is no, rough.
1: see, okay. see, but that the issue, Stephen, with the Islanders is certain New York writers uh, and a lot of Canadian media. Mm. Okay. But
0: here's here's the thing, Paul, and and I agree with what you're saying. I know what, what you've gone through as an Islander fan and with the Islander ownership. But one thing with the Islanders, I mean, they keep pushing ahead. They're, they're trying to get a new – well, they have a new building coming up. And the Coyotes, we've been talking about a new building since they moved to Glendale. Then they get uh, an AHL franchise, and they bring it to Tucson and it's successful. It's won a couple of Pacific Division championships. And they can't even get them a practice facility? I mean, come on. I mean, I can understand a year, two, but cheap. You know you're going on four, five, going to be six years before you even consider getting a practice facility for your AHL franchise? So, you know, that's that stuff to me that's inexcusable when you're operating a professional franchise. Why? Because you see other teams doing it. I just came from St. Louis. I saw a beautiful practice facility for the St. Louis Blues that the community uses. I go to Vegas all the time. I see beautiful facilities. So if you want to have a winner and you want to have a fan base and you want to have corporate partners, you've got to lay it on the line at some point. They were on a great roll and uh, I don't want to get on this soapbox for too long because we're already out of time. But we were on a, a great roll with Aaron Cohen, in my estimation. He stayed behind the scenes. He made connections with tons of people. He got the K- Kachina's women's program, girls' program, off the road and running. He picked, handpicked Lindsey Fry and others to do uh, ambassadorship type things. And all of a sudden it comes in and this whole thing is just completely blown up. Now we're starting all over again from scratch. We did not even know. We wouldn't have a, a GM yet. We're close on the draft. We lost scouts. We lost the best uh, video analyst, uh, video coach, if you will, in all of the NHL probably. Uh, <laughs> there's got to be some stability pretty soon. That's all anybody's asking for is stability. Give us stability and then create a winner, and we can wait three or four or five years for the winner but you got to give us some stability, trust me, guys. Every time I go out and see a corporate client, they tell me this.
1: Well, listen, I, I'm not going to argue <laughs> That's with that. A
0: problem. That is a problem. But if it's a problem, I understand me, that. If it's a problem for me on the corporate side, it's also a problem for Joe Jones, who is the average fan that they are asking to plunk down season ticket money, whether it's pandemic or not. Um, they're not. They're not going to do it if you don't give them some stability. And it's got to start somewhere. And, and pretty soon, if it doesn't start, it's going to go away. And it's going to go away for good. All right. Well, right. I'm off my soapbox. Paul, finish it up for us with your read. All right. The pan- <laughs> if you've got something else to say, finish it up. Well, I always have something
1: to say. But that's, you know, um, you are uh, mostly correct. Let's put it that way. You're
0: mostly correct. Um, You know what? And I'll take that. I'll take being mostly correct, and most of the time I'm not. But like I said, I've uh, been around for a long time around this organization, and um, it's frustrating. I mean, even even guys like Craig Morgan that are way more dialed in than I am and that will come out with the negative stuff because that's what he does for the athletic, even he is starting to get a little bit – I mean, I think today he called it – Oh, another crazy thing from this franchise yeah, well,
2: <laughs> yeah this is a, this is an interesting thing and I think we're still talking about what what we talked about with with the certain guy on NBC but I don't see
1: the same the same thing also came out Sean Burke so
2: yeah
0: you know, yeah, well, so should, Sean, but Sean Burke makes sense because he's been in the business. He's done uh, general manager See, but... stuff. He knows he knows the situation with the Coyotes. But you know where the problem's going to come in, guys. Here is where the problem comes in, and I think I tweeted it out today. Sean Burke would be a great candidate, but does Sean Burke want to put himself in this position? Does he want to say, "I want to be a, a general manager of this franchise, knowing what I know"? Period. Does he have anything to lose? Yeah, yeah, he could go somewhere else probably, and well, uh, he's got a lot to lose. His reputation. He, uh, yeah, see, I a don't, lot of he could see, lose. I don't
1: see. I, I, I don't know if that's the case. I, I, think you can only buoy your reputation when you take over, for lack of a better term, chaos.
0: Uh, ask John Chica. He
1: yeah, took but over
0: chaos, he took yeah, over chaos. Well, he built you know, it and then he blew it, or he lost not, it. Or whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, we're, we, well, I don't want to talk about that because we don't have exact all the details
1: and I don't think we'll ever know. So
2: I should mention that the Uh, other name that came out was Jason Carmanos, uh, who's the assistant GM of Pittsburgh, is another name being thrown out there for. So so. let's, 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 uh,
1: yeah. The Playoff Pandemic Podcast on the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network is brought to you by Bell Ford, the presenting partner of the Sunday special. Go to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix and see the new line of 2021 Ford cars and trucks in person or at bellford.com. Go see our friend Kevin Wood and tell him Ice Time Hockey sent you. Roger Klein's Canción Tequila. Go to mexicanmoonshine.com. Find your bottle and keep your bar stocked for that playoff push. Buy summer skates. Show off your playoff passion and style with koozies and shower shoes personalized or with your favorite player's name and number at Summerskates.com. to be the best. You have to beat the best and no one beats Jesse Ray's barbecue in Las Vegas. Call them at 1702-541-5546. championship taste for a championship run. Go to Jesse Ray's barbecue.com and by M drive presenting partner of what drives you trying to watch all the games M drive for energy, stamina and recovery. The playoff, Pandemic Playoff Podcasts and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW Podcasts are live on the Podbean app and are available for download on the iTunes, uh, Google Play, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and the iHeartRadio app. Now available on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. The Pandemic Playoff Podcasts and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network.
2: By the way, I still got to set up my Alexa for uh, the ITHSW podcast and try it out on Wednesday when I do the read and see if I can get it to work. <laughs> that should be exciting. I can listen to the shows on my uh, uh, Echo Dot that I have in my room here with Alexa. <laughs> nice. I like it. All no
0: right. Excellent, excellent work, Paul. <laughs> excellent work, Paul. Uh, shout out first and foremost to, uh, to Zach uh, Bondurant. And uh, his dad, we're wishing you a speedy recovery, and everybody here at Ice Time Hockey Southwest is, uh, is uh, thinking about him and hoping that things uh, turn out real well for him. Um, I'll jump into three other things I mentioned uh, as we close here is uh, the new Sunday special is up, my uh, trip to uh, St. Louis and uh, actually Chesterfield, Missouri, and the boys at Maryville University. A great uh, feature we are able to do. Also up is the uh, NCAA feature, from Dubuque, Iowa. We talked with uh, head coach Oliver David and the uh, Dubuque Fighting Saints and their connection uh, to the Sun Devils, uh, from a Saint to a Sun Devil. And then also today we put up our little Bit from being out on the golf course with the uh, UNLV Rebels. So, lots of good stuff on the website and on YouTube. So, get there, follow along. Uh, join us again tomorrow night for Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, Tuesday night, College Hockey Southwest Weekly, Wednesday night, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. So, for my co host, uh, Stephen Marsh in Las Vegas, Nevada, Paul Hornstein in Long Island, on Long Island, New York. Almost slipped up, Paul. Sorry about that. And uh, Scott Strandy from Lake Elmo, uh, Minnesota for the last. Uh, night and uh, be on the road again tomorrow, fellas, so um, we wish for uh, safe hope and wish for safe, safe travels, easy for me to say and uh, we'll talk to you all uh, tomorrow night mm-hmm.